You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. And if your goal is to get back into the Word this new year, Today in the Word is a great resource each and every month that's helping us study the Bible. And in the beginning of this year, we're going back to the beginning. Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What can we expect for this month's study? We're talking about that with Dr. Ryan Cook, who's professor of Bible at Moody Theological Seminary. Dr. Cook, thank you so much for joining us in such an early part of the year. We appreciate it. Oh, good morning. Great to be with you. Yeah. You know, they gave you quite a task when they said you're going to go through Genesis. Uh, We're going to cut it into a a couple segments, though. So for this, you know, January, you're going through 25 chapters. That's not an easy task. There's a lot going on in this beginning book of the Bible, isn't there? I am so glad you said that, because I felt that way every every writing each day's devotional. It's, <laughs> yeah. Each one of these could be—they're so rich. There's so much more that you could write. Well, and it's so—each day also—I mean, I'm looking just at your—just titles. Okay, we're talking about being justified by faith, an unbreakable mm-hmm. promise, a new name, um, fire from heaven— <laughs> A son is born. I mean, these are things that are not just in Genesis. They're throughout all of Scripture, aren't they? Yeah, and that's one of the things that Genesis does is it it sets us up so well for many of the themes that later Scriptures develop and take much further, but it's the foundation for all of them. So if you don't understand Genesis, you have a hard time understanding the rest of Scripture. So it really is is the foundational book. It's put first for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of those foundational questions that you really say that we're going to explore this month are some of the foundational questions of life, right? Like, where do we come from, and who is God, and what went wrong with the world? I mean, these are foundational questions that we all have. Yeah, and they're so important for how we think about what it means to be human. What does it mean to, you know, is there a God or not, is one of the most important questions you can answer, right? Are we the, the product of random chance, or are we the, the craftsmanship of a personal God? Um, how you answer that question makes a huge difference on whether there's meaning or purpose in life, uh, how you view yourself in the world, and, and the significance of other people even, too. So that changes everything. Your answer to that question changes everything. In Genesis provides an answer to that for us. Let's talk about some of the questions that we're going to hear in Genesis. So where do we come from? I know that's a big question, but where does Genesis, or how does Genesis answer that question specifically? Well, we saw that in, in uh, yesterday and the day before those devotionals. Right now we're in the creation story, and Genesis clearly teaches that the the universe is created by God, that God spoke and we came into existence. And Genesis 2 actually has a beautiful kind of more granular detail of how humans were created when it talks about how God kind of got his hands dirty in creation. After he created the world, he formed and fashioned the man dust from the ground and created the woman out of the the rib, the side of, of the man. And so those, the answer to that question is that we are the, the creation, the result of a personal creator who intentionally you know, brought us into existence and wants to have a relationship with us. You know, Dr. John Kessler writes a short article also for us this month and answers the question, was Jesus present at creation? So what's the answer to that one? Was he actually there during the first few days of our first few uh, pages of Scripture? 
Yes. The short answer to that is yes. So <laughs> the, the word Jesus is not mentioned in, in the book of Genesis. Um, we don't get Jesus's uh, name in, the, in that sense until uh, the book of Matthew. Of course, Christmas, what we just celebrated. But Christmas is not when Jesus was created. I think that's an important message to communicate. Jesus mm. is one of the the members of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, and he's always existed and was involved in creation. Um, so yes, the answer is yes, Jesus was involved in our creation. So do we see all three aspects of the Trinity at creation? Yes, in the sense that, you know, if you look at the New Testament, one of the important titles for Jesus in the book of John is that he is the Word. Hmm. You know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How did God create? In Genesis 1, God created through his word, through this, you know, he spoke creation into existence. And so that's the connection that John makes back to creation, is that the agency in creation was the word who is identified as Jesus. So you do see that element of uh, God the Father and God the Son in, mm-hmm. in Genesis. And of course, the Spirit is mentioned in Genesis 1, 2 as well. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the beginning, the Genesis, really, the first few chapters of Genesis is the study and the focus of today in the Word this month of January. And one of those other foundational questions is what went wrong with the world? We're mm-hmm. seeing, and we see very early on in the book of Genesis, the far-reaching consequences of sin. Can you tell us a little bit more about the stories that really, that really highlight that? I mean, even the initial story, right, of Adam and Eve. Yes, that is one of the themes that runs through these chapters of Genesis so clearly is the just pervasive nature of sin. And right from the beginning, right in a, in a perfect environment, you have Adam and Eve who live in the Garden of Eden. They have everything they need. Um, you would think things would go well there, but the one command that God gave them, they uh, rebelled against. And part of that was, you know, temptation from the serpent. And that's also a a decision that they made. And from that foundational kind of going wrong with God, things went downhill fast. Those first 11 chapters of Genesis just tell a story after story of how things got progressively worse. And they got worse quickly. In the very next generation, Cain and Abel, you have a murder of one brother killing another um, over jealousy, essentially over over, uh, God's treatment of him. And that story gets repeated over and over until we get the flood story, we get the Tower of Babel, and by the end of Genesis 11, we're wondering, what, what is God going to do to try to resolve this situation? Things seem so hopeless. What, where's the hope? And that, of course, provides the reason for why God called Abraham. Abraham's important in all of this. Mm-hmm. You say in the very last, on, on January 31st, that um, Abraham's seed, as Abraham's life comes to an end, we may feel disappointed, it says. But his um, his life is, is vitally important for us as believers, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I think one of the surprising things about Genesis is how God decided to uh, handle the issue of human sin. It's not mm. a way that I would have ever expected, <laughs> or I think that any of us would have made up, that God would call this, you know, geriatric, bearing couple, of all the people who were alive at the time, you know, like Abraham and Sarah, those are the people you're going to choose, and chose them and said, through you, I'm going to reveal myself to you, 
I'm going to create a, a nation out of you. You're going to be my people. And through you, I'm going to prepare the world for a redeemer. And, and so through you, I'm going to teach you what human sin is, who I am as God, what redemption is going to cost. And then through you, I'm going to send a redeemer. And so that hope comes through uh, a descendant of Abraham. And so we have, of course, that, that line of, of biblical history that's important. But then all, Abraham is also a model for faith. You know, what does God want from us? God wants us to believe him, to trust in his word. And that's really, that's what Abraham does really well. When God, you know, tells Abraham to leave his homeland, he's willing to go. When God um, says, hey, I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, Genesis 15 says, and Abraham believed God, and God credited that to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. It was that, that trust, that kind of childlike trust in God's word that uh, God was looking for. His life also shows us that when, I mean, picking up your things and moving or, uh, mm-hmm. hey, let's take your son up to this mountain. You're not always asked to do easy things as a believer. No, they're complicated things. Yeah. And Abraham's not perfect either. There's a lot of uh, stories where Abraham, you know, tries to pass his wife off as his sister. He lies about that. He tries to fulfill God's promise of having a child in a way that God didn't command through his, uh, the maidservant of his wife, Sarah, through Hagar. And that leads to all kinds of family complications in his relationship with Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael. And, and all of those things are very true to life. I think we've all experienced that and can see how God works even in and through those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and even the fact that, as you mentioned before, that God chose Abraham and or Abram and Sarai, and even the others in the first few chapters of Genesis that He chose. You mentioned in Gen- on January fourteenth that throughout the Bible we see how God delights to call and use people who we would least expect. That's also another theme that we see in these first few chapters, isn't it? It is, and you know, Abraham and Sarah are the the paradigm example of that, I think. You know, you try to imagine Israel writing about their own history in this ancient Near Eastern context that they're in. Other nations love to write about the heroes that were about the founding of their country, you know, great military, you know, kings and that sort of thing. Israel writes about Abraham and Sarah, and what's great about them is they were really old and didn't have any kids, and God called them, and they weren't kings. They didn't have any political power. He never had you know, a position of great, you know, influence in Canaan. He was a a foreigner living in the land of Canaan throughout his lifetime. And yet that's the person God said, you know, the most, the person I'm going to reveal myself to, the most, in a sense, the most important person in the world right now is is this couple. This is who I'm going to choose to use to reveal myself to. And that is surprising. And you do see that theme all through Scripture. Uh, God's choice of, of David as king or God's choice of Gideon, um, and, and on and on we could go. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Dr. Ryan Cook. He has written our devotionals for today in the Word. The, the one thing I mentioned that must have been hard was the fact that this is a large scope, 25 chapters, book of Genesis, mm-hmm. a lot of details and events happening. Uh, the other thing is, I think that would be difficult for me, is you're having to keep this devotional in nature. How did you, how did you remind yourself throughout the month that I have to have uh, nuggets of help for the person who's reading these throughout the month? Yeah, well, it's a great question because there's so many interesting que- like questions you can get, not sidetracked in, they're important, but you right. get into like, well, what does this mean? Or what's the context of this? 
and you can run out of words for writing very quickly. One of the questions that I tried to ask myself every day was, what would it look like for me today to live in light of the truth of this story? So if this story is true, how should that impact how I live today? Hmm. And try to keep that question at the front of each study to say, what, what would it mean for me to live differently because this story is true? And often it means um, thinking differently about who God is or learning to uh, try to, to trust in God's faithfulness, to see what that's like. So it works itself out in a lot of different ways, but just asking that question, if this story is true, how should that change me? Is one of the ways I tried to keep that question front and center throughout, throughout this devotional. And that's a great question to ask yourself as you start your day, as you start your year. Today in the Word, this month of January, we're going back to the beginning. And just a quick word, Dr. Cook, about also the family study guide that is a part of not just this devotion for January, but it's going to be a part of every devotion this year for Today in the Word, isn't it? Yeah, this is really exciting. It's one of the new things Today in the Word is doing this year is including a family study with each month's devotional. It was written by, we have a fantastic um, elementary education department at Moody, teaching, um, we've got professors who are teaching students who are going out to become elementary teachers and that sort of thing. And they put together for each month a family study that will help parents spend time in the Word with their children. It includes, you know, questions to have, conversation starters you can have with your family, which sometimes it's hard to know how to get that conversation started. So this resource helps with that. And then also even activities you can do together as a family, like maybe in response to creation, you can go on a creation walk in your neighborhood or that sort of thing. So there's a lot of different ideas for how as a family you can um, respond to and talk about and reflect on, on Scripture together. Excellent. Well, if you want to find out more about Today in the Word, todayintheword.com, you can uh, read each and every uh, devotional that is throughout this month and throughout this year, actually, there at todayintheword.com. You can download the app or you can get the uh, printed version sent to you. Find out all that information at the website, which we have linked at our website, which is ericandbridget.org. Dr. Cook, thank you so much for joining us and Happy New Year to you. And thank you for this resource. Well, Happy New Year. It's great to talk with you.